Good morning and welcome back to the Totally Frag Podcast. I am Lady Spider, a.k.a. Evil Fishy. I apologize for being away for a couple of days, but I am back. So let's continue with our E3 coverage. E3 is about over now, so we're just going to go with what we didn't get a chance to talk about, and the first being the Ubisoft plot or Ubisoft conference. So Ubisoft, of course, is our biggest Tom Clancy developer. It is our only Tom Clancy developer. So we're looking at Rainbow Six, Call of Duty, sorry, Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon, The Division, things like that. That's a Ubisoft thing. Ubisoft also does some strange titles like Uno. Yes, I know. Uno is one of them. Go figure. Um, one of the ones I'm currently playing these days on the Xbox just for something different to do. And it's a good chance to sit and visit with friends. Anyhow, let's go back to the conference. Ubisoft announced the third installment in the Watch Dogs series, Watch Dogs Legion. It should launch March 2020. This could be a fun one because you'll be able to play as the NPCs. So you could be grandma, you know, shooting somebody at point blank range. Or you never know. You could come up behind them and cut them across the neck. Either way, it's going to be fun. So check it out. Ubisoft, again, is Watch Dogs Legion. They are also announcing a new franchise, which is weird because Ubisoft doesn't usually put out a new franchise when we get E3. It's been a little bit of time. So their new franchise is going to be, their new franchise, of course, is going to be Roller Champions. So it's basically Roller Derby in a Rocket League-like roller arena setting. It's going to be a free-to-play and we're looking at a 2020 release. No specific date is set yet. Then they announced a new game from the Assassin's Creed team being gods and monsters. This is going to be a storybook adventure where you're a young god trying to save Mount Olympus from monsters. So more cartoony, more based, kind of geared a little bit towards the younger generation of gamers as opposed to us old people that play, you know, the first person shooters. So might be something to look into if you've got kids or, you know, if you do like a good storybook adventure once in a while, like Spyro the Dragon or, you know, any of those franchises. Or if you're a Zelda fan, something cartoony would be kind of fun. So let's look at that and see what Gods and Monsters is going to be. It does look pretty, so I can say I might actually look at that one. Then we have the Division 2 DLC and a return to New York. So there's going to be three new episodes in total. Two new episodes that will be free to download for current owners. Um, The three episodes are going to be the uh, Outskirts Expeditions, which will launch in July 2019. Basically, you're going to be able to scope the outskirts in the woodlands of Washington, D.C., as well as the 11 zoo biomes in Washington. So that'll be cool. Then there's also the Pentagon, Last Castle. It will drop probably the fall of 2019. So we're probably looking at an October, November drop on that one. And it's a fight to solve the ongoing outbreak crisis, of course. And then there will be a return to New York. So not a lot was said about the return to New York, but, you know, it is the return to New York. Not a lot to say then. Then they're also going to drop a new Rainbow Six on us, Rainbow Six Quarantine. It'll be based on the Rainbow Six Siege event, but it will be a standalone game. You'll be able to play co-op. No, um, there wasn't a lot about the multiplayer, so I don't know if it'll be in multiplayer online or just a co-op, so we'll have to watch and see what happens there. Ubisoft also announced Uplay, which will be their subscriber service this year. It's going to be about $14.99 a month. It'll give subscribers access to new Ubisoft games at the launch. 
um, access to premium DLC, extra content, including premium editions, and it'll launch with roughly 100 Ubisoft titles available, including the fact that they're going to launch Watch Dogs Legion and Rainbow Six Quarantine on Uplay as well. So if you are looking for an opportunity to be able to buy extra skin packs or things like that, and you're a big fan of Ubisoft and you're going to play a lot of Ubisoft games, then I would definitely say pick up Uplay. If you're not going to play a lot of UP, UP, Ubisoft games, I don't know if Uplay is going to be that good of a purchase. But, you know, I think everybody's kind of going the same route. Um, Sega, the Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, everybody has their own little store. Epic Games, of course, just launched their store. Then there's the Steam store, things like that. So... If you look around, there are going to be a lot of new subscription services coming out. It's one way for them to make additional monies by putting out premium DLC for us, putting out premium skin packs, and things like that. They are trying to get away from the loot boxes and the, the pay-to-win type scenarios. But, you know, when you put out a $70 game, you still want people to continue to play that game and to pick up extra stuff for that game. So... That's where these subscription services are going to come in handy. Um, I don't know if this is the right way for them to do this, just because it's going to cost parents a lot of money. I mean, first off, you're already paying a subscription service for Microsoft. So you're paying your live, which is what, $9.99 a month. And then you're going to add on all these additional subscriptions. They tried this back in the day. And one of the games that Microsoft launched with the original Xbox came out with an, um, a Sega thing where you actually had to pay to play the game. So that one had great founders or great um, feelers in the more Eastern countries. But when you come to Western Canada or Western countries like Canada and the US and things like that, we kind of look at things a little bit differently and our costs are way more expensive here. So I mean, for $14 or $15 subscription plus your $10 subscription for Xbox plus your cable and plus, 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 I mean, you're adding major money to buying a single game and that's just not cool. It's going to price gaming out of the reach of everybody else. So I don't know if the Uplays and the Epic Game Stores are definitely a good idea. They are good if you want to add in this extra stuff or you want to pay to play, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to kind of watch the involvement uh, or the way things kind of evolve over the next year, year and a half to see if the Uplay stores and the Epic Game stores and the Steams and stuff stay afloat for the console side of things, as opposed to, you know, just drop the DLC and drop the stuff into the Microsoft store or the Sony store or the Sega store or whatever and just purchase it that way. But I digress. We got kind of boxed off of that Ubisoft topic. So the other thing that they did announce was the new Tom Clancy game. It's going to be Elite Squad, and it's actually going on to mobile platforms, so iOS and Android. Military mobile RPG based on the lore of Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell, The Division, and Rainbow Six. It's going to be a real-time shooter. It'll have multi uh, multiplayer PvP battles. So if you want to take your Tom Clancy game with you when you're gaming and you're 
you know, you're on the bus or whatever, you can drop it on your cell phone and off you go and you can still play your friends over the data network. So something to look at, especially if you're a big gamer when it comes to your phone. So that was the Ubisoft conference. It wasn't a long one, but I mean, they announced what we figured they did announce. The only one that was kind of a surprise was the Roller Champions or the Roller Derby one. But realistically, um, Ubisoft needs to come out of their shell once in a while and throw us something new. And I think that was what they did this year. There has been kind of a tight year for some of the other um, players in the market. Activision, of course, had a big hard year and Sony decided to stay away from E3. And let's talk a little bit about that. Um, with Sony and Activision out, Phil Spencer felt that E3 was missing something. He interviewed with Giant Bombs, which is the sister site for GameSpot at E3. And he had this to say about it. And he basically spoke about the ongoing relevance of E3. And he suggested that the show's profile was hurt by Activision and Sony's absence. He said that E3 remains relevant and important to the gaming world especially now when the industry is coming under criticism and judgment. And one of the recent threats was the World Health Organization's designation of gaming disorder as a recognized disease. He said E3 is an important time of year to show the world that gaming is not just kids in a basement. And that's 100% true. Gaming isn't about just kids in the basement. Granted, we have a ton of kids in the gaming world. But if you look at E3... The majority of the people that attend E3 are adults just because we're the guys that are paying the bills. We're the guys that are doing the gaming. We are the guys that are actually able to afford to fork out the money for these games. Kids and parents, that's a whole nother ball game. And to have the World or the World Health Organization designate a disorder called gaming disorder that is harsh to the gaming industry just because some of us come home after our day at work you've had a stressful day you know you come home and your kids are screaming and they're yelling and they're running around and your brain is still it's absolutely fried so you finally you get the kids fed you get the kids put to bed and then you spend an hour an hour and a half sitting on your tv and you're playing your game or you know, you're a single person and you come home and you've had a hard day at work. It's the same scenario. You you don't want to talk to people or you need an outlet to be able to get rid of the tension that you've had in the day. On top of that, gamers form communities and these communities become just like families. Um, you go through ups and downs and you treat your gaming brothers and sisters just like your brothers and sisters you know you're screaming at them giving them a hard time you're talking shit and you're just having a lot of fun and that's what gaming is now to designate that as a gaming disorder it's not it's about becoming um more in tune with what's going around you as fact in in the gaming world that's fine but it's also about building the community and building those friendships that last years and years and years. And it's also about being able to let go of stress. And, you know, we think that kids don't have any stress. I mean, we all grew up way back when in the day of the dinosaur, like I am, where you actually had to go outside and play. 
you actually had to, I don't know, do chores, be outside. You didn't have the cell phones. You didn't have the technology. You didn't have the gaming systems. But that's not 100% true, actually. Because, I mean, there was the Atari and there was the Sony and there was the ColecoVision and the um, first PCs, the first Apple computers. They all had games on them. But you still had to do other stuff. Gaming disorders... Yes, I can understand why they would designate them as such, just because a lot of kids come home and that's what they do. They drop their shit at the door and they hit their video games. And that's all they do from the time they get home until the time they go to bed. Yes, I could see that as a gaming disorder, but is it really a gaming disorder or is it a parenting disorder? If your children are coming home, and I'm probably going to take flack for this one, and they're playing video games from the time they walk in the door until the time they go to the bed, then, in my opinion, you're failing as a parent. Kick them outside. Tell them to go outside and play. Your kids should be as well-rounded as you were. So think about back when you were a kid. Did your parents allow you to come home and just video game or play whatever the entire time you got home? No. They sent you out to do your chores you had to go outside, you had to play, you contacted your friends, you hung out with them, you did whatever. Nowadays, you just come home and then drop your stuff and you're gaming. Well, that's not going to promote health for your children. It's not going to promote a good family environment for your family. And it's not going to improve their social communication. I know, I know, because I have nieces and they're the same. They come home and that's what they want to do. They want to play on their iPads or they want to play on the Netflix or they want to play whatever. But my little brother um, and his wife send them out into the world and they have to attend things like cadets and they skate and they swim and they play soccer and stuff like that. So they actually have to go outside and get the stink blown off them. They also are becoming such nice young women in the fact that They'll phone up their friends and say, hey, come on over. We're going to go and jump on the trampoline or we're going to, you know, play here or whatever, which is great. And it's fantastic that you can see these little kids do that. But as they come into those teenage years, and I have one that's going into a teenage years, you're seeing the personalities change. And that's what they want to do is they want to come home and play on their tablet or they want to play on their cell phone. They're becoming antisocial. I talked to my niece and I said, so when your friends come over, what do you do? And she says, well, we sit and play on the tablets or we play on our phones. It's like, really? You guys don't talk to each other? She's like, well, yeah, we talk on the tablet. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to have a conversation. In order to build a good social community, um, you have to talk to people. Now, the tablets are great. The cell phones are great. But at the same point, if you're going to allow your kids to game, get them onto a subscription like Microsoft Xbox Live or the Sony Station stuff. Like, get them online and let them talk to other kids. Now, that's the scary part, right? Oh my God, you're a parent and you're freaking out. I don't want my kids talking to creeps. Well, you know what? A lot of these gaming services allow the parents the access to be able to say yay or nay to their children's friends online as well as to what their conversations are and if your xbox or your playstation or your nintendo are in a family room 
and your family is there, you're listening to the conversation your kid is having. Whether or not you're fundamentally 100% focused on that child's conversation, the words that are coming out of that child's mouth over the Xbox or over the mic, you're hearing. So you're hearing their response to questions. You're hearing questions and comments that they make. So you can keep an eye and an ear tuned to what's going on in your child's life when they're gaming. So as far as it being a gaming disorder, no, it's not. And you know, for the World Health Organization to say, you have a gaming disorder. No, we don't. We have a parenting disorder. We have a disorder that says that the parents need to be able to spend time in an environment with their children that allows their children a safe place to have the conversations, to play the games, to be put outside, to do what they need to do to be kids. But at the same point, if they are gaming, then get them involved in the community. Kids that can talk to other gamers have a tendency to make lifelong friends. I have been gaming with the crew that I game with for over 20 years. I know that's a really scary time. But they've been there for everything. So some of the friends that I've made, and we've met in person, a lot of us, some of those friends have become just like family. We've lost family. We've gained family. We've had um, births in our group. We've had marriages. So to say that gamers are um, ill is not really a truth thing. So to say that it's a gaming disorder, I would say no, it's not. It's about building a community. I have the utmost respect for my community. Um, we've been through a lot. We've been through um, friends of ours that have been sick and passed on. We've been through divorces. We've been through illness. We've been through times when, you know, you go in for surgery and you can't go back to work for a year or six months or whatever. When you're stuck at home like that, you need to be able to have those conversations with people to get out of your head. And we've had that opportunity with several of the people that we've had gaming, gaming relationships with. So when you look around and you see your friends in real life and you look around and you see your gaming list, Think about those people that you're gaming with. That's your community. Those are the people that you have made lifelong friendships with. Those are the people that probably know you better than you think they know you. Just because you come home and you have conversation with them. You come home and you talk to them about your day and about what's going on in your world. And allow yourself to vent and allow them to vent. And it's a shared conversation. It's also the way that people get rid of stress. So things like E3 and GamesCon and the Tokyo Game Show, those are important, especially to the industry and especially to the gamers. So for people like Sony and for Activision 
Yes, you guys had rough years. Well, Sony, not so much, but Activision, yes, you had a rough year. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't attend. That means you should attend because your gamers are there to support you as a company, just like you're there to support them. So show up to E3, show up to Gamescon, show up to the Tokyo Game Show, showcase what you've got to showcase, share your information, and take your licks with them as well. I mean, let your gaming community be able to voice their opinion about what's gone on in the past year with your company and with what you've done with the gaming community. That's the only way we're going to grow, both as gamers, as the industry, and just in general. In order to grow, we have to fail, and we have to be able to pick ourselves up, listen to the feedback, and fix it. So Sony and Activision need to step up their game, pull their heads out of their asses, and start attending these shows. Same with things like Nintendo and Sega. Yes, you guys were there, but not necessarily there. So get to your, like, pull your heads out, guys. Showcase your games. Be present in front of your gamers and allow them to talk to you, to ask the questions, to give you the feedback. You guys ask us as beta testers and alpha testers to do exactly that. Well, then we're, as a community, asking you to step up to the plate and return the favor. That was my rant, a little bit of the Ubisoft stuff. You know what? Have a great day gaming. Enjoy the sunshine. If you've got kids, go outside and play with them. Then let them do their gaming. In the meantime, stay safe, have fun, happy gaming. I will talk to you soon. This is Lady Spider for the Totally Frank Podcast. Have a great day.